You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Powered by the ADHD coin, here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You are into season number two of the podcast. And as most of you have known, uh, not only am I uh, wishing goodbye to the daily podcast, and I will not be missing it. There'll be no tears shed about doing uh, the no longer doing a daily podcast. But I, I've said a lot that you know part of the sacrifice with the daily podcast, it came in the fashion, uh, in the form of fashion that you know, it was, it was a struggle sometimes for me to not only, you know, have to book guests or bring in co-hosts or, um, you know, kind of go deep on some topics just because we were doing so many episodes, uh, and so, you know, high frequency. And so, um, what you're going to kind of get, and hopefully you're starting to see this already here in season two is that I get to bring in, you know, not only some amazing co-hosts and friends of mine to, to ask questions, share conversations. Uh, sometimes we're going to have guests with our co-hosts. Sometimes it'll just be, uh, myself on the co-host, but, uh, the beauty of this is hopefully it adds some, you know, some new perspective. Uh, hopefully you don't have to get tired of my voice uh, all day, every day. Um, but the other part of it is it also allows me um, to, you know, kind of tap into some of the amazing uh, networks of my peers. And, and for all those that listen, uh, you know, I just have to reiterate, this podcast was built on one premise and that premise is we are greater than me. And I truly do believe it. It's been a fundamental belief of mine since day one is that I think we are together way better than we are individually. And one of those great individuals that makes me better, and I'm thankful thanks to Web3 NFTs, um, that he's part of my greater we and someone that most of you know here on the podcast because he's been a, a full-time guest. Uh, and then he was a splash guest on some episodes in London. Uh, and then he's been someone that, you know, if you're following me on social, we've been able to travel around. Uh, we were in London. He went to Art Basel in Miami. Um, I might've tried to mute his Twitter feed because of the FOMO that he was giving me hanging out with all of my favorite people down there. But um, I was celebrating with him. But Travi, uh, thanks so much for joining me this season as a co-host. Um, before we jump into our special guest we have, Give the audience a little bit of your background. I know not everyone, I mean, everyone should have listened to the entire season one. I don't know how many people didn't have all that time to their hands, but uh, give people a little bit about your background, uh, what you have going on with the journey, um, and then we'll get into our special guest. Well, I think I got to start like this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and DJs, what is up? Yeah, this is Travi and, you know, fans, oh, this is fun. First of all, nobody could get tired of listening to your voice, but and what you brought in terms of quantity and quality this season one, I hope we could, you know, bring a little bit of quality to season two as well. So it is an absolute honor to be here. Um, you're a friend in, in real life and you're somebody who has inspired me along my, my journey. And uh, I think that if it wasn't for you and your team, uh, who knows, man, maybe I still would have been stuck in the web too. But, you know, in being not just a listener of your podcast, but eventually a friend, and now you are uh, an advisor to uh, my NFT brand or your partner on it, um, it just really makes me super bullish about the whole space and something that you and I have each talked about, um, not only, you know, on NFT 365, but also 
uh, on my podcast, Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi, is that if you have a quality or a strength, you could leverage Web 2 or sorry, you could take it from Web 2 and you can leverage Web 3 blockchain technology and do some really interesting things. So that's definitely a lot of uh, what I had to sort of hash through, hash out, because you're going back to the episode you and I recorded back at NFT NYC in June of 2022, um, I, I was a little hesitant to, to move forward with being a creator. Did you say a little, did you just say a little hesitant? I mean, let's be real. You were extremely hesitant and it was like shocking to me how hesitant you were because of how passionate and believer you are. But yeah, go ahead. I, I guess I have to say like for anyone, go back and listen to that episode and then go listen to this man's podcast and follow him on Twitter. And I mean, I mean, stepped into his genius is, is what I would like to say is that you were, you were built to do this. And, uh, if, if I had to be a little bit of the, you know, kick in the ass to, to get you to, to see that, I am thankful that I got to play that role. Well, thank you. Um, and also thank you and triple thank you. But for me, it, because of the passion I have, you know, for what I thought was really cool about web three, but also people in general, going back to, you know, my kind of work experience I knew that there were people in Web3 who were doing some really awesome and creative things, and there were a lot of good people doing things. But from what I had seen, and as obviously you, you see a lot more of the negativity in the news and obviously trending on Twitter, one thing I did not want was to be a, like grouped in with anybody who was looked at as somebody who was going in for a cash grab. But you know, looking back at everything I did in Web2, and you and I talked about this a lot, and this is what led to the idea of creating the journey on the NFT brand that, that we created is... Now, I worked with kids full-time, special special needs, behavioral disabilities. I was a teacher for almost 20 years, and I worked with kids in different capacities since I was 13. And something I saw was uh, that I had, a, I had a way of understanding what some of these kids' needs were in a way that other adults were just like, that's a bad kid, or that nobody could reach that kid, and those kind of things. And you know, even from when I was a kid myself, I said, all right, well, there's, there's a reason why this is happening, and there's a reason why this is happening. Uh, so, you know, over time, when I went in to my career in education, I knew that the the kids I wanted to work with were the kids that really kind of needed me the most in the same way. Like when I was a kid, I needed teachers who maybe weren't there for me either. So I always wanted to do something that was a little bit different um, in, in my approaches. So when I knew that there was an opportunity to go full time into Web3, I said, I'm, I cannot do this unless I keep these kids in mind. And that's why. The idea of the journey, the NFT brand, the journey is that, you know, the two overarching components to me, uh, I hold them very close to my heart. Like the first one is that we have a grant program. We're going to be funding uh, programs for kids whose art, music, STEM and theater programs are being defunded by public schools. And, you know, having worked with kids in schools for so long, I had to write grants in order to try to get some funding. Uh, otherwise, I was taking thousands of dollars out of my own pocket that I didn't have to make sure that these kids had, whether it was art supplies, bring them on a field trip, take them to a play or something like that. And, you know, while it's not happening in every country and every state and even every school district where I live, it's happening in enough that I saw some, some problems, right? I saw some things go on. Uh, I, I taught in the inner city and I saw some things going on in the streets and stuff with the kids. And I realized, well, you know, I have to volunteer. I have to purchase some things or else these kids are not going to want to be here anymore. They're going to find more, you know, whatever opportunities to make money elsewhere and that kind of thing. So I said, all right, what about the Web3? What about NFTs for good? 
What if we have a component of that where a portion of every single mint sale goes into a wallet that I don't even touch? And then after taxes and stuff, when I talk to the accountant, some stuff that's left over, we also put back into that wallet. And then I could, with the community, open it up to teachers who are currently in those situations who do need funding and they can you know, apply for a grant and we could award it to them. So that's step one. And it's called the journey because we're allowing the kids to take their first couple of steps in a positive direction along their journey into art, music, STEM, theater even. And we're also putting our money where our mouth is and we're supporting current artists and musicians selling the work on the blockchain through our artist support fund. And I even kicked in like an ETH of my own just to kind of kick that off. And it's been going really, really well. We've supported upwards, I think, of like 30 different artists and musicians by now. And it's been really great. But the collectors in the community, I want to say like that's a lot of where the value is because it's gated against bots. You literally have to know somebody in the community or know me. And I have to manually put your information into the system to give you access to Mint. And I think that by letting the community know like this is the way that, that we're proceeding, that it's not just about a cash grab and a sellout. It's about really curating this experience with real artists, real musicians. Some of my favorite and your favorite NFT artists and musicians are holders of the journey. But you know, all that being said and moving forward with wanting to do good for kids, when I found out about you know our guest today, Anna Skates, when I found out about her Every Little Step project, I started reading about it probably a, a month or two ago. And then once we kicked off the journey and I saw, wait a second, all these people I respect in this space are holders or people who have purchased one of the journey tokens. It gave me and it gave the funds a little bit of a kickstart to say, OK, let me look at some, some, some of these people. Why does the journey resonate with them? And then when I saw what Anna was doing and thankfully got to meet Anna in person down at Art Basel, got to know her really well. And, you know, and her collection is sold out and, and we're happy to have a few pieces that we could you know, certainly give to members of our community. But really, and that's what Fired Up on the Blockchain has been about, too, about good people and the stories behind them and the creative things that they're doing. I love it. I love it. And Travi, excited to have you on as a co-host. And I love that, you know, greater mission. Uh, we'll put links for sure about the journey in the in the show notes. But uh, you mentioned, you know, Anna, and I thank, you know, thanks so much for, for jumping in. I love that you guys got to know each other a little bit uh, in Art Basel. And so I, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. But I have to say, you know, on your website, when I saw uh, a Mr. Rogers wannabe, and I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as a Mr. Rogers, like super fan. And I quote Mr. Rogers in multiple keynotes. I am such a big believer in so much of what he practiced and preached. Uh, and Travi's like, I'm going to get her on the podcast. I was like, I'm in, I'm in. So thanks so much for, for being a guest. And also, I mean, whoever came up with that, I mean, if that was you as your like little tagline there, I mean, genius. My, my heart was warm reading one line of your bio. And I can't say that happens with pretty much uh, any of our guests. So uh, thanks for uh, coming on the show. And uh, yeah, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I did come up with that only because that was the most accurate descriptor I could <laughs> so good. It's so um, good. Think of. Yeah, thank you. I uh, so I'm Anna Skates. Yes, that is my real last name, given at birth. Um, which is fun. I am a conscious parenting coach, um, which just means I help parents and caregivers sort of find more peaceful ways to have a relationship with their kids. And um and I'm also apparently an NFT artist, which I sort of just uh, stumbled into a bit. Um, but I'm, I'm really, really grateful. Like Travi said, my very first project has sold out, which is crazy to me. Um, and it's been really fun to 
to watch that all unfold and, and also to sort of bring the utility of that to life, which has been really, really cool. Um, and yeah, I am a Mr. Rogers wannabe. That is the most accurate description of myself I could possibly come up with. I want to be that person in the world, not just that like creates content for kids, which I want to do, but who also continually drives this conversation to help our world see kids as people and as people who deserve respect and care and dignity, just like the rest of us do. That's my that's my goal. I even have Mr. Rogers tattooed on my arm. So. I love <laughs> that. We're, we're, and we're all three ink fans here too, right? Which is, uh, you know, we, we have a passion for kids and, uh, and I love for, you know, kind of the role we have in families and yet we're also inked, right? Which I think is also just a, uh, it's a beautiful change in, uh, I think what the stigma or stereotype or, or bias might be and on, on a lot of that narrative. And Travi and I talked about that when we had him on the guest as a guest, but I have to say, like, I, you know, I think the idea of, well, there's two parts here, right? The parenting uh, mindset coach, the, what you kind of do, what the, that piece is. I'm not sure I really even knew that existed as like a role. And, and like, I, the more I found out, the more I was like, this is such a beautiful thing. I mean, my being a girl dad is the greatest job, greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Uh, for those that aren't as familiar, I was you know 14 years old, and my guidance counselor in front of the school asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I said a dad, and my entire school laughed because they were like, "That's not really what." Like, and I remember at the time it didn't bother me because I was kind of like, "Well, I have a great dad, and I think being a dad's a, a pretty cool role." And like, I even at 13 said my one of my I was like my first boy because I'm the oldest of three boys was going to be named Logan. Like that was, I already had the name picked out at 13. I was that boy. Um, my third daughter is named Logan. Cause I was like, okay, apparently I'm going to have to, if it's a boy or a girl, no matter what, the third one's going to be Logan. <laughs> we'll just change the middle name. Um, but so for me, like, like hearing that, like your mission and, and a lot of the things that are going on, I just think is beautiful. And the fact that you're in web three, I think is a story that just needs to be told. So I'm curious, talk to me a little bit about, about finding that, like as your why, as like, the thing that you're able to kind of step into and kind of help people and then give us a little bit of a taste on like how web three kind of came on your radar. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, this idea of shifting the narrative around kids and helping them to feel seen and heard and cared for. I mean, that why has been, I think in me, my whole life, I've, I've worked with kids pretty much my whole life. Any job I ever took with the exception of like one or two has been with kids. I've been a nanny. I've been a preschool teacher. I've been a children's librarian. <laughs> uh, I was writing children's curriculum for a while. Um, I just, I don't know. I've always been that person. Like I'm the person at a dinner table who, if, if my friends bring their kids, I'm going to be at the kids table every time. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're just my people. And so it's that why has been with me my whole life. And, um, and interestingly, I um, I sort of took on what I consider more of an advocate role probably five or six years ago when, <clears throat> for whatever reason, this thing came on my radar that in public spaces, particularly, oddly enough, bathrooms, we don't have any accessibility options for kids, even though they are developmentally able to wash their hands by themselves we don't build the space in a way that they can do that independently they're fully dependent on somebody else to hoist them up and squish them against the counter and do the whole thing 
and it's so um <clears throat> it's such a it's such a ding to their like dignity and you know? like why would we not create a space that they can utilize like they're people and it, that was that was sort of the thing that caused this light bulb to go off in my head that oh my gosh we don't see kids as people because if we did we would consider that when we're building public spaces but we don't and other countries do this it's not like this is not impossible to do. Right? Um, so, so this whole like bathroom accessibility thing became this sort of uh, uh, soapbox that I found myself standing on consistently and talking about. And so then at the beginning of this year, I decided that I just, I wanted to do like practically do something about that instead of just talking about it all the time. And so I started talking to my fiance and, um, and I decided I wanted to do a fundraising campaign. I wanted to raise funds uh, to buy step stools and take them to businesses. If, if the businesses weren't going to do it, I was going to do it. And he said, gosh, this would be a really great NFT project. And I knew enough about that world sort of secondhand from him to know what he meant and understand the value of it. But my whole audience was built on Instagram. Like they're all Web2 people who right. didn't know what it, I literally polled them. Do you know what an NFT is? No. Like <laughs> none of them know. None of them know what an NFT is. The thought of cryptocurrency terrifies them, right? It all feels really unsafe and uh, it's the unknown, you know? And so I, I really debated on whether or not I was going to do this as an NFT project. I didn't think it was a good idea. And I'm so glad he pushed me on it because I was like, well, maybe I can do both. I can like kind of do it as an NFT project, but I'll also have this PayPal link over here that people can. And he was like, you have to go all in on this. If you're going to do an NFT project, you're going to have to go all in on Web3 because Web3 does not take well <laughs> to like toe dippers, you know, when you're when you're trying to launch something. So and I'm so glad he did, because what that meant was that for months, I just sat in spaces and listened and started following parents that I was finding in the Web3 space, started following kid artists that I found in the Web3 space. Um, and more and more, like, I found my people in Web3, honestly, more so than I had in Web2. I think because it's such a small world that it was really easy to build community really quickly. Right. Um, and, and, and then I got antsy enough and impatient enough <laughs> at the end of the summer that I finally just decided to launch it. And, um, and the reception has been great. Everybody's been so nice and uh, it, it's been, it's been wonderful, but that's kind of how web three came on my radar. I knew of it from my fiance being a crypto trader and kind of dabbling in NFTs. Um and then I just decided to go full in on this project. And I'm so glad that I did. I love it. Travi, Travi how did you discover the project? And then yeah, give us a little take on your side. So Anna mentioned kind of how you find your people in Web3. And I, I think that I discovered Anna through some of our mutual friends, um, Liz Morrison and Becky Wolo, who have the Girls Night in Web3 uh, Twitter space. 
Yeah, and shout out to them. I love the Twitter space. Definitely one. We'll, we'll link to it there in the show notes because I uh, love, love what they're doing. Yeah, and big shout to Becky too. She's the, the new brand manager at Crypto Chicks as well. So it's, it's a lot of great things going on with those two. But yeah, we kind of developed a bit of a, like a, a community within a community there at the, the Girls Night of Web 3. Uh, as you know, I was interviewed as a guest there. And um, Twitter spaces are a very unique animal. You know, Some of them are weekly, some of them are daily, and some are sporadic. Um, and we just found that through that particular community, the, the girls line of web three, um, it's called that because it's run by girls, but it's for everybody. And, uh, you know, I think I met Anna through there along with some, some other really great people. Um, you know, a- Adria Delon and, uh, Liv Charlotte or Charette rather. Um, and we all actually ran into each other in Miami, like day one, like first second. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really about just kind of like okay you know we're we're in this we're in the right place together but let's learn a little bit more about one another and i don't know if anna if it was the interview that i was on as a guest where uh it just went like a little bit long and then different people started to come up and i was like looking through different profiles um and that might have been uh early fall or so and then I, I saw through, you know, through your account, what you were working on. And I said, this is really intriguing to me because it hits home and not only because the journey wasn't, wasn't dropped yet. And I, I knew what I was planning, but I was also very hesitant to do it in a way where I was going to use like a charitable organization as my reason for making money. I just always just kind of felt a little bit standoffish about doing that on a personal level. Uh, but then, you know, through talking with advisors and seeing what you were working on, it showed me that there were really good people out there and there were people in this NFTs for good category, which is where sort of you and I are always kind of grouped up, especially at these conferences. Um, and then thinking back, like Fanzo and I are both girl dads. Like this is the, this is my coffee cup right here, girl dad. (laughs) And, and, you know, and I know how it is too, to be out in a business or even, even at home. And you just want to give more accessibility. Like you're, you're training these kids to be real people. And what I liked about yours were, um, you know, I, I took a dive into your kind of your web two following, which is huge. And I saw a lot of what you had said about, we have to remember that kids are real people. And that's as a dad, what I always want their teachers, you know, at daycare and stuff to remember, because as a teacher, that's what I remembered. And I think that's why I got along so well with parents. And I always spoke up in the community was because I treated these pe- these kids like people, respect, understanding mm-hmm. them one on one on one. But then, you know, I'm thinking even even our neighborhood restaurant that they love would bring them there. And there's no changing table in there. There's no step stool in there. Um, you know, if my, you know, my wife brings one of them in there, she's got a diaper bag over one shoulder doing the whole thing and then holding them up to wash their hands because you, you yep. still need them to wash their hands. Right. And then yep. I'm even looking, you know, around my house and I know, you know, we have step stools and stuff, but it, you know, but, but even so like for when they're really little, they're not even like, you know, they're not produced in a way that's fun. A lot of times, like the creative um, designs that you have on your step stools, um, especially the NFT versions of them. So like my, my baby who's now two will literally on her own. Now, mind you, she's, she was one. Um, she takes the garbage can, the bathroom garbage can, turns it upside down, steps <laughs> on it just to get closer. Why wash my hands, dad, wash my hands. I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow, you really know what the heck you're doing out there. And it just mm-hmm. seems like when I started following you, you know, we met at the girls night in web three Twitter space, but then 
you became a real person to me, right? Mm -hmm. And then your project became something that to me was a lot more than a project. And then meeting you in person and seeing not just the conversations that you and I had about like what we want to do as far as doing good in the space, but seeing how every single person, what it was like a magnetic attraction. Like every person that, that I saw believes in you, believes in your project, really wanted to, to get to know you and is really happy to, you know, support you in, I know you have kind of roadmap 2.0, you know, kind of on the, on the website there too. So fans, that's a long, kind of a long answer, but it's really like she said, like about finding your people in Web three, and I'm glad that we did. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Travi that you kind of connected those dots. You know, I'm curious, you know, Anna, from your perspective, you know, I love that your fiance kind of, you know, kind of kept the nudge going. You know, so you know, talk to us a little bit about the project, right? So the 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 little step, the step stools, that component, like so. Like, I mean, this is because I, I mean, a big soapbox. I think this is gonna be the theme of season two for everybody that's listening is like, if you don't have a business model or an, a, a like tangible outcome that I can like wrap my hands around or my mind around, I'm not going to talk about your project on this podcast. I'm just done with the rest of this nonsense. Um, and so I love like the steps still, I love the steps still being on the NFT, but talk to me a little bit about like, what's the, so You've sold out. You sold out that that collection. What what is kind of like the next steps? And uh, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think I want to say quickly too to your point. I think that not only like let me see the utility, but also like what problem are you solving? Like I think the reason why this project connected so well to people and this conversation generally connects so well is because this is a universal problem. Like everybody who's ever had to take a kid to the bathroom <laughs> knows what this issue is. Like they face this. So I think too, like look around you, like what problems can you solve? What in this physical world or, or in the web two world is so messed up that you can fix in web three? Like if we're not making this world better, what literally what is the point you know what I mean so like I don't care what sort of like merch I get for having your NFT like I want to know what problem you're solving in the world how are you helping people how are you serving people so anyway all right another soapbox apparently <laughs> I, I, we like soapboxes here we got no problem with soapboxes on the show yeah yeah so next steps on the project so um along the way I've I've done my best to fulfill the physical utility side of this project as I go as Epsils are being sold. So um, the idea is that each NFT funds one physical step stool in real life. So what I'm doing, I'm, I'm literally taking the money from that project and buying step stools. Uh, and then I'm hand customizing them to match the collection. And then I'm finding all the businesses in my, t- like in the Nashville area for right now for phase one and asking them how many they need and taking them to them. And I'm documenting the whole process. So um, as that has been oddly harder than I thought to find businesses that will respond to me and say, yes, give me these free steps, which is wild to me. But anyway, I've, I've delivered 29 so far out of the collection. Um, I've put them on an interactive map. Like you can go online and like zoom in and see where they all are which is fun. So I've uh, clearly, I've still got 71 to deliver from phase one, which is uh, an exciting challenge. It's like now the real work, like this is the real work part of it, you know? Um, And then phase two. So my, my hope is that uh, I can 
do another drop, uh, a secondary NFT drop. I would love to do that in collaboration with kid artists where they are creating the designs for the step stools, or at least some of them. And then holders from the first drop get first dibs on which cities or businesses I send the next set of step stools out to. Nice. So that's the, that's the goal for phase two. So this was not planned and this is like completely off the cuff, but my, so I have three daughters, 12, 11, and nine. And my 11 year old, we call her little mom because she literally runs the house. And as a co-parent, she uh, is a great little mom. And she came out of the Wawa gas station. Anyone that knows Wawa, you know, you know, we can debate Wawa and sheets all day, but I, you know, we were in a Wawa uh, yesterday morning uh, before school and she came out and her jacket sleeves are soaked. And I looked at my middle daughter and I'm like, you've got to be, I was like, you know how to wash your hands. I was like a little bit of that, like frustrated. I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, daddy, that little girl that was just in there, she couldn't turn off the faucet. So she held her up to the thing. And so I didn't even dawn on me until we were setting up the interview today. And I was like, holy hell. Like it was, and like my poor daughter, you know, like, and like bless her heart. Like afterwards I gave her like giant hug and was like, I don't mind that your arms are wet. Like I didn't like, it was like that, that piece of the puzzle. But I love that, like the, I love the interactive map components, but I have to say like, you're a natural content creator, right? I'm not sure if that's always mm-hmm. been your, you know, your ethos, but I mean, going through your social, the websites, the, the branding, the way that you've, you've, you know, you're great with video. I'm curious, like what's, what are some of the skill sets that you think helped you, you know, kind of foster that community early, launch the project and go all in? Cause there's a lot of people that are like, they had what you had, right? They, they saw their, they were nudged this way. They had the aha. They've sat in some spaces, but for a lot of people, there's like, well, where, where do I go next? And like, can I deliver on that? Like, I love that you're buying them and you're putting a design on them. I mean, like kudos, like that's like, it's easy to, you know, <laughs> most people think like a one step, right? Like if we start thinking next steps on this, it's really a beautiful thing, but talk to me a little bit about like the skill sets and some of the things that you've learned that really were like your maybe web two things were natural that have really helped you in web three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit of the, you know, um, what Jack of all trades kind of a person. We are we, we, poly, polymaths. Uh, I, I like to say, you know, I'm a, a multi hyphenate, right? So we have hyphenates mm. between everything we do. That's, that's, we're big into that here. That's it. Um, so I, I have a fair amount of graphic design and web design in my background so that has obviously helped me because I built all of it I mean I did literally all of it um and um I also grew up performing like I've been on stages singing solo since I was five so that like I grew up a performer and so I'm very very comfortable on camera very very comfortable in crowded rooms of people either being on stage or talking to uh, talking to crowds. Um, so that's helpful. I think, um, I also have, um, a background in the church. I grew up in church, but also I served as a children's pastor for four and a half years. And I think just being in community as a leader of community has helped me to know how to talk to people in a way Mm -hmm. that I think helps people feel understood. Um, but also like, is it, there's this like gentle leading I think that is required in that kind of a position. And I've, even though I'm like, I've walked away from religion in general, but church specifically, I, um, 
I think that is one thing I'm really grateful for in that experience is I took that with me. And so I have almost this pastoral tendency, I think, when I'm when I'm with people. Um, and maybe that's kind of what you were talking about, Travi, this sort of magnetism piece is, is maybe a little bit of that, just like a gentleness. And um, I, um, yeah, I think those are my biggest. I'm also an extroverted introvert, so I do really well with people, and then I do really well coming back and decompressing and creating things on my own. Um, I think all those things kind of combined have helped me a lot. I was actually going to ask that because you've mentioned a few times in person and through your your Instagram that you are an introvert, but you're definitely you're definitely creating content, but for the most part, a lot of your content was solo and and if anybody follows you on Instagram, they do see. You know, you've got some really interesting and creative content. And, you know, Fanzo and I talk about this all the time. And he actually was one of the people who told me this even way before I thought of doing my own NFT drop. And even like when I was thinking about doing Twitter spaces, he was like, just be yourself and take the skills and the strengths that you have from what you are already doing and see if they, if they lend themselves well to the blockchain and that kind of thing and NFTs. Um, do you think like, do you think that your experience working with kids all of those times like gave you a little bit more insight because the reason why I ask it like this is it seems like a very simple sort of an idea right like kids need accessibility but when you're thinking about nfts and web3 people are thinking about running around in the metaverse people are thinking about mm-hmm. um you know social club experiences real life events and all that stuff but you stop for a second and you say wait a second like we can utilize nfts blockchain web3 whatever you want to call it to solve even the most simple sort of problems that that we're facing at home so you know let's dive a little bit deeper into that rabbit hole i I know that you know you worked with kids for so long what do you think it was in your in your background there that had you become such a a huge advocate like i have friends that follow you on instagram i didn't even realize until right before (laughs) i went to basil yeah so you know what do you think it was that that really had you step up and sort of be a little bit more the vocal leader for the kids in, in the way that you've become? Yeah, I I think I just, this happened when I started writing curriculum. So when I was working at the church, I started writing all of our le- lessons and things. And it was really hard work to take it seriously, uh, to take these really big, like amorphous concepts and bring them down in a way that still maintains the value of what we're trying to say, but in a way that took into consideration who these kids were developmentally and what their capacity and limitations were. And that was really hard work. And I started to realize how little people are doing that work for kids Mm. because it's just easy and it's easier to just use adult language, but slap some glitter on it and throw a song in there. And then it's a kid's thing. And it's, and it's not, it's, there's a level of consideration that I think is often not taken when things are being created for kids. And that's just more specifically creating for kids, much less creating, you know, again, like public spaces and then not even thinking about them at all. And so it's honestly, it it was the curriculum piece and sorry, it was the curriculum piece and doing the work of writing that that started to really open my eyes to all of the ways that kids are not seen. And 
the bathroom thing just sort of like came up. But what's interesting about this conversation to bring it back to Mr. Rogers, always, um, when I saw, um, the documentary, won't you be my neighbor that came out in 2018? Oh my gosh. Listen, sobbed through that whole thing. I have a whole other story about Pittsburgh and Mr. Rogers that we can get into if we want, but I saw that documentary knew exactly what my work was in the world to do. Like I literally walked out like I'm supposed to be the next Mr. Rogers. I literally, I mean, which sounds <laughs> nuts, but that's what I, I just felt it like in my bones, you know? And, um, but one of the things that he, that they talked about in the documentary was the fact that when Fred Rogers first saw television, this new technology that had not existed before that was being used just to sort of like placate the masses, like to either inform the masses or placate the masses, you know, and, um, and anything for kids was just sort of like slapstick humor and just sort of use like pointless kind of, I mean, entertainment is important, but it was all kind of useless at the end of the day. And he looked at this new technology and said, why are we using it this way? We have the ability to serve kids and families with this new technology. I know exactly. It's like he looked at this thing and knew exactly what he was going to do with it. And that's how I felt about Web3. When I saw when as, as my fiance and I got to talking about this as an NFT project, like I immediately knew that this was going to work. Like I see this technology and I see exactly how I can use it to solve this problem, to meet this need. It was it was a no brainer. And what's crazy to me is as I started talking about this project to people and spaces and things, I kept getting this feedback of I haven't seen anything like this in this space, mm. which blows my mind. And maybe they're just not in the right circles. I don't know. But I thought, how is that possible? How is it possible that nobody's looked at this technology and said, we can use this differently? It was mind blowing to me, but does that answer your question, Jenny? Yeah, and, and it's great because I was looking through some of the step stools that you designed, and, and not just the ones you wore as earrings. By the way, that was a that was a good touch down there in Miami too. So the you. step stool earrings. Um, I think I, I see a little Mister Rogers sweater on on at least yes. one of them. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the rare. So there are two rare rarer traits in the collection. One is a Mister Rogers sweater, and one is a uh, it's like a little flower and it says kids deserve accessibility along the bottom. Those are the two rarest traits in the collection. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you know, like stands out to me, right. I, and like through your content, through what you've been sharing here on this episode too, is like, you know, there's a, there's, you know, we have to have a conviction for what we're doing, right. We also have to understand that it's more than a, you know, a simple ask or a simple do. There's also taking people on the journey, you know, connecting them to your vision and mission. Right. And even some of the things you said, right. Like, like I resonated with like, you know, the, you were part of the church and you like separated from, you know, the religion side of the house that resonated uh, with me, you know, having people that in this space that have strong opinions, like, and I, I, I like that narrative, strong opinions, loosely held, right. We have to be able to understand all views. And I'll say like, one of the things that, you know, stood out to me on your link tree that I had to you know click on was the anti-racist family. Right. And I, and I really clicked on that and I soaked in that, those videos. And, and for me, that there's such a, a power in what the technology can to facilitate. And it's the Mr. Rogers example is so beautiful on that. Right. Because, I think part of the reason that we haven't seen a lot of these examples, right, is that 
there's assumptions made on what does an investor look like or who are the people that are going to collect them or what the hell do we care about? But mm-hmm. one could argue no one really ever asks anybody what the hell they care about in Web3, right? We are very good at making assumptions. Like just, We are like mm-hmm. masters of just assuming everyone wants to flip and everyone wants something that you know, like. The fact that you're doing like an interactive map where the step stools were, like, like literally it gave me goosebumps because like when mm-hmm. we think about, and, and Travi knows this because like for me advising with the journey, right? Like, not only do I I know at our core that we want to make the world a better place and and not everyone, but I believe there is a mass majority of people that want to make the world a better place. A lot of people don't know where to start. A lot of people don't know or don't believe it's really like their quote unquote initiative to lead, but they're mm-hmm. definitely glad to be a part of, of, of a mission uh, that is greater. And we can even use the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the Mr. Rogers side, right? Anyone who does anything to help a child in life is a hero, right? And I, mm-hmm. and I think that is such a, a beautiful component. We can even throw anyone that does anything in life to help others. And part yeah. of that is changing the narrative on something like you have the anti-racist family there. And, and for me, you know, growing up, uh, you know, Catholic right-wing Republican world that I grew up in and now raising my daughters, you know, we, we went to the, uh, the Black Lives Matter march here in my local hometown with my daughters, with our own flags and things that we made over and over again, especially through uh, the pandemic. And that was, a lot of that was, you know, for me wanting to leave with my daughters, showing them, mm-hmm. you know, what things we can make a difference and how we can change conversations. And I think like, you know, with the, the step stool and like where I'm going with this, you know, as a, as a whole is you're also changing the conversation a little bit on what like a social good or a NFT for good project can look like. Right. And, and I, Travi knows this cause I, I've been kind of banging his, his head on this as well, because there is something beautiful about this continual back of giving back and growing. And I've been on the social council for no kid hungry here in the United States now for nine mm-hmm. years. And it's a project that I've been blessed to be a part of their, their social council. Yeah. And I love the mission of, of like removing childhood hunger from America. But I also was very naive, didn't even realize that there were so many kids in the world or in the world, but especially here, even here in the United States that don't know where their, their most recent meal is coming from. And, and my, mm-hmm. the mother of my children's happens to be a, a secondary a high school teacher. And she works a lot with making sure that, you know, even during snow days that, that kids ha- have meals and we think about kids in the narrative. But I will say the thing that really jumped out about your mission and, and piece of this is like accessibility for kids is, is almost like, it's not only is it ignored, but we hadn't even like thought about like, if that was the case for any other race, any other sexual orientation, holy hell, would we be raising all hell, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, like, I mean, and and even we, we have still have a long way to go with disability, right? Like we need more disability ramps and lots of things that are going on in that space. But I do like look at this as like a very aha moment. I think for those that are listening, uh, hopefully, you know, think about that from like a, you know, what are the problems that we're ignoring? What are the things that we're, we're kind of like uh, missing the mark on? And so I'm curious just from kind of bring this full circle. You mentioned the beginning, your web two audience, which you've been growing and nurturing were like Mm -hmm. WTF is NFTs, right? So you took on, which is like my favorite mantra in this show. It, one of them, I have lots of them, but uh, be a collector before you're a creator. And right, as you said, and you did it without any of me prompting, right? You were like, I'm sitting in Twitter spaces. I'm listening. I'm finding my people. I'm curious now, now that you've sold out the collection, you're starting to activate it. It's kind of a twofold question. 
what can we, and I say we as in like a fellow content creator, a podcast host, do in your mind to educate your Web2 audience on the true beauty and power of this space? And then I'm also curious on like, what has been some of the feedback recently as they start to see through your content, what Web3 has kind of unlocked for you in that, in that community? Mm, um, well, as, from my experience communicating with my audience about Web3, um, and we talk about this a lot, there are a lot of language barriers, which is something that I think we just need to keep talking about in Web3 and, and determine sort of the best ways to communicate to, to the wider world about this. Um, there's just so much like jargon in this space, like so much, like I'm still learning certain right. things. Like there's still words that pop up. I'm like, what does that mean though? <laughs> um, so I think just being really mindful about your language is, is one of the biggest things I've learned. And so I've been trying to find the analogies and the, the right sort of uh, illustrations to use to explain to people what this is. Um, it, and it's really similar actually to what I was doing with curriculum, right? Like how do I take this weird, like amorphous idea of web three or, or NFTs just specifically, how do I take this idea of NFTs and distill it down to where all of the value is still there, but it's in language that makes sense to people. It's literally the same work. So uh, so finding the language that works for your audience is, is I think, important. Um, as far as whether or not my audience has seen value in it, I don't think they'll see value until phase two when I start to ask them where they want me to send step tools next, honestly. Like when they have an active role in the project, I think is when they'll start to make the connection. But right now, because I'm doing everything at, right. at this point and they just get to sort of like see the videos when I post them of the deliveries, you know, it's, I, I don't know if they've fully understood it yet. Um, yeah. Cause it's more I, of a I passive, you know, fundraising version of it at, at the moment. Right. Which is a, but I think the beauty of that is you kind of got them at that entry point and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think, you know, I think this space, the NFT for good space, uh, especially, you know, I think the, the, the beauty of it is like the, our desire to donate and, and contribute to causes that are good is, is, is fundamentally there, right? Yeah. The, the, the question starts to become, what are the things that we can do above and beyond? How can we facilitate this at a different level? Right? Like, I, I mean, yeah. I even, I challenge, you know, uh, you know, Travi and others in this space. And I know I'm, you know, for those, actually for those that are listening to this episode when it's live, um, I would have dropped my first, ADHD AI art uh, collection uh, will go out for auction. So it's called Shades of ADHD. Uh, and for me, you know, that's been a big soapbox of mine. I was diagnosed uh, 10 years ago. My daughter was diagnosed uh, four years ago. And for me, like educating and bringing conversation around that. And I've now been able to create AI art that is visually represents the shades of ADHD mm. that most people don't recognize around ADHD and, and the auction will be up there. I'll be able to throw a link out there for those that are listening. But I will say like, like part of it for me is like, like I'm so excited about what both of you are doing. Right. And I think this is such a, a beautiful scenario of like, we are going to move the needle forward. We're getting people to come along but then it is a little bit of aha moments along the way, right? There isn't going to be the, like the one switch for all of the people on Instagram to go, Oh, 
that's why the blockchain matters because none of them care yeah. for the blockchain matters. They don't care yeah. where it's owned. They don't care custodial wallet, non because like all this ridiculous language that we like to throw out there. But I, I, I do think there's something really special about like these examples that we can kind yeah. of like, you know, amplify, which is why when, you know, Travi mentioned, you know, bringing on the podcast, I was like, yes, because this to me is what it's all about. And I'm going to put the mm-hmm. challenge out there for, you know, your collection sold out. So we're going to make sure they follow you and, and pay attention for future collections. But like, this is yeah. a great episode for everyone to share out with your community to see some of this greater good, right? Because when you hear crypto bros and, and monkey photos and people making money and it's crypto and it's market driven, a conversation around raising money to get step stools into bathrooms. So kids feel as though we care enough about them that like, we want them to be independent. We want them to go. I mean, when my oldest daughter was probably, I think she was eight. Oh, it's crazy. As a co-parent, my oldest is my lifesaver. She's the literally mm-hmm. has made this co-parenting journey, everything. But I remember we were at a restaurant. I know the restaurant. I can't remember if she was eight or nine. And she just looked at me and she's like, daddy, I'll take Logan, my youngest, to the bathroom. It's the last time mm-hmm. I've taken my daughter to the bathroom. And my eight-year-old mm-hmm. is literally every single time, no question. I don't even say anything. Oftentimes, because my, my oldest is so good at this, she'll go before we sit down. She'll be like, do you have to go to the bathroom? And she'll take my, my youngest before <laughs> I do, as even as the dad. But I one of the things that like that, that hit me was like, there are, there are elements where we, we want kids, we are giving them responsibility. And we know, I mean, there was a damn global pandemic that kids had to live through, right? They've had to be exposed to things in life that probably we would have never wished upon kids that they were. But the beauty of this is like, what you're able to kind of facilitate is just the start of the movement. And I love that it's in Nashville, um, you know, that you're, you're kind of putting that out there. And I think there is something to be said about like, how, why wouldn't we be able to have, you know, step still activations in all of these cities that all of us that love, you know, uh, you know, NFTs are in, right? Like there's something really beautiful, viral and, and you know, and part of that, I know mm-hmm. Travis, you with NFTs for good, like, the more we get these examples, the more it helps all of us, right? Like your project being successful helps the journey. The journey being successful helps your, because I think a lot of this is just a little bit of ahas on the way. And I know, Trevi, that's a big piece of it for you as well. Yeah. And like I said earlier, some of it sounds so simple, but it's a reminder that there really are good people in this space really doing some amazing things. And, you know, the crew that that we were able to, to see down there at Basel, there were lots of different people for a lot of different reasons there. But do you know what? Like, I would love to see more of are these good people, no matter how many followers they have on Twitter, no matter how many followers they have, uh, you know, um, or people showing up to their their Twitter spaces and stuff. I would love for these to be the people who are highlighted more at these events, because these are the people who are creating some really solid foundations for what really these use cases are going to be in Web3. And, you know, no shade or disrespect to anybody. But I, I do think that there's a lot of real life use cases that we've started to see and what Anna's doing, you know, I know Anna, you're just getting started. And one thing I I truly love about what you're doing is not, you know, obviously you're putting the stools out and the kids are going to have access, but you also know who's supporting you and who, who the people are who are on the ride for you because the blockchain doesn't lie and it'll always show you where your holders are. So to me, there's a whole lot of really wonderful things and fans are like, I would love to see more people like like Anna and people I talked about earlier, like you know Liz and Becky and Adria and Liv, like the, these these people who are out there purely you know trying to do good in this space. I think are the people that we need to continue to uh, to elevate. 
Amen. Amen to that, my friend. So I, so as we kind of pull this together, you know, and I'm curious just from your side, you know, it can't be all sunshine and roses. We all know that there are, you know, there are, you know, FUD and there are things that they kind of happen, but, you know, as you look kind of forward, not only web two, and you mentioned, you know, a lot of the things that people just don't recognize, like how much more work it is, right? Like not only is it, it's buying the stools, then you're, then you're, you're adding your own flavor to them, connecting the dots. Then you're actually finding places that are going to take them in. Then you're adding it to your site. Then you're creating content to educate people on the value that they're providing yep. <laughs> all the while still showing up. And like, I, I like to stress all of that because it's like, it's so easy for us to miss the, the mark on mm-hmm. all of those moving parts. And so I guess I'm curious just from your, like, you know, is there anything that maybe you would do over again or something you're thinking a little bit differently in the 2.0 that, you know, what are, what are some of the things that you are, Kind of like, because I, I love the idea that we can help, you know, vote to, to where the things are going. But I, I think even a step further, right? And like, hey, how can we then like find the locations that are doing it? And then let's celebrate those locations that are taking them in and go support them with our money, but, you know, going into the restaurants, right? Going in, like, that's where we're going to make a difference, right? Like, we're going to prove that those that are, are working to improve accessibility, that are working to support causes like yours. So anything you want to share, anything that we missed uh, so far? But I mean, this is a great conversation. I'll, I'm excited for, for what you have, you know, coming. And I'm so glad Travi kind of connected the dots here because, uh, yeah, this is what this space is all about. Yeah, no, I'm, I have loved this conversation. I could do this for like another two hours. This is great. Um, I, I think my biggest lesson, and this is just a life lesson in general that I've had to learn along the way is, um, is to find the helpers, as Mr. Rogers would say. I'm very bad at asking for help. I well, tend to take everything. We, we are all up. three. We all three can volunteer as whore. Like I will help anyone all day long, but I, I like it. Like I hate it with every fiber of my being asking for help. I know. Yes. Yes. And so I, I think that's something I've learned and especially having to keep in mind for a second drop and considering, you know, this, this first phase is such a good learning, um, learning experience for me. But I think in phase two, one of the biggest things I would want to do is collaboration. I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me. I say a lot. I've had a couple handfuls of people reach out to me to ask, hey, I love the Every Little Step project. How can I do this in my city? Mm. And now that it's sold out, I'm like, okay, well, I only had one answer to that before, which was to buy one of the NFTs so that we could go to your city. But I'm now sort of, so if anybody has thoughts or wants to help with this, I am accepting the thoughts and the help. Um, I would love to figure out how to make this an activation that other people can lead. Maybe that's still like branded the same, but is happening in multiple places with multiple people sort of leading the charge, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know what that looks like yet, but that's something I'm trying to sort of wrap my head around in a way that I'm willing to accept help because I don't know <laughs> how to make that happen. but. Uh, but like Travi said, there are so many good people in this space and my experience, and I don't know if this is just because of the circle that I managed to curate on Twitter or what, but like everybody has been so kind and so good that I've come into contact with in Web3. And so I know and can attest to the fact that there are so many more of us out there. And I'm really excited to see how we can change the world here in web three with all the goodness coming together. I love that. Trevi, anything, anything last you want to throw in there? 
I, I just really appreciate Anna everything that you're doing, and uh, as I said, I know you're only getting started, and I, I can't wait to see more of uh, you know not just you in person at some of these events, but you know more step stools everywhere. So you know my two year old doesn't have to say dad dad wash hands; she could just step <laughs> up and do it herself. So thank you. I love that, mm-hmm. and I will say I have some ideas on on that on on that growth. I I'm a big fan of kind of like this derivative collaboration component, right? Like we need to we need to remove some of the barriers to like this. Like right now, we 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 hold a lot of gates and we hold a lot of like things. That's like wait, we just all want to re- raise funds, and then we we can. I mean, the blockchain allows us to do a lot of cool things without a lot of human interaction. We just have to be able to like facilitate that. So we'll we'll definitely talk about that offline, and I would love to cool. you know we. We can we can connect those dots and maybe we'll come full circle, bring you back on and uh, and see what we're doing with uh, you know 2.0 as well. And I will you know I'm gonna throw out a you know Mr. Rogers quote because I mean it's impossible not to and there's thousands of them, but one that you know jumped out is the world needs a sense of worth, and it will achieve it only by its people feeling like they are worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say for all of you that are listening, you know finding great missions, great people, great experiences, and recognizing that you are worthwhile and you do have value. I am such a big believer that we all have a story to tell. There are problems and there are things in our world, everyone's world, that we can look at, we can help. You don't have to be the the leader. You don't have to be the one that's creating the video. You can be the one that brings some of these things to attention and we can, you know, kind of together make that world a, a better place. And and I think part of it is just letting people remember and realize that they are worthwhile. So I am very thankful for both Trevi, you and and Anna. Thank you so much for you know coming on the show for the work that you're doing, the mission that you're on. And uh, we are we are going to make this world a better place together. And uh, this is a, a perfect example of that vehicle. And you know, for anyone that's listening, like you know, there's lots of people that are going to listen. There are many of you that are going to take notes. Some of you are that are going to go check out Anna's you know Instagram and go uh, check out our OpenSea. But there are very few of you that are going to take action. And for those that are the very few of you that are going to take action, I love you. I support you. And uh, we have big things coming down the road. So uh, until next time, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, this show is not financial.